This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I want to talk to you about American Giant. American Giant is American made. That's important. You know it and I know it. It used to be something that, you know, meant something. I don't know if it means anything to anybody anymore, but here's what it actually is. When every rivet, every stitch, every thread... You know, every piece of cotton, every piece of wool, the cutting, the sewing, the milling, all of it is in America. Yeah, you can buy cheaper, but you'll not buy better. You'll get cheaper quality. You get this. You have workers that are not overseas who aren't paid a living wage. You have a community of factory workers all making the best product they can here in America restore america and get great clothing at a great price at the same time american-giant.com slash glenn american-giant.com slash glenn american clothes for americans all right we begin the program here in a second Lies, lies, and more damnable lies. The antidote is the truth, and we give you a healthy heaping teaspoon of it in 60 seconds. Right now, you are an army of one. When it comes to protecting your home and your family, you're the person you count on to make sure they're safe. You know, it was in the Jimmy Carter years that we actually came up with first responders. That's when that word kind of entered our lexicon. It First responders has always been us, you. You don't wait for first responders, but that means you have to be good. You have to have a weapon. You have to be proficient with the firearm that you have because when the time comes, the last thing you want is for your aim to be off. So you practice, practice, practice. And it gets expensive after a while. And by a while, I mean uh, about five rounds in. This is why you need Mantis X. Now you can use live rounds, but... I don't. Uh, I like to save my ammunition. Uh, This will improve your shooting 
quickly. So whether you're at the range and you're firing actual rounds or you're dry firing, what Mantis X does is gives you instant feedback on what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong, and how to improve it immediately. 94% of the uh, uh, shooters improve within 20 minutes of using Mantis X. I couldn't believe how fast I got uh, better. And uh, I hadn't gone to a range in, I don't even know, a year and a half, maybe even two years. I went back up to the ranch and I shot and I I couldn't believe, it's a perishable skill. Couldn't believe how good I was. I was actually better than the last time I drive, uh, last time I was live firing up at the ranch. Start improving today. Get yours now at MantisX.com. That's MantisX.com. All right. You know the story. I'm sorry I have to drag you through this again, but I just have to set this up with the truth of what happened. Okay. A throng of extremists gather together in the mall in Washington. Uh, A politician comes out and just starts just spouting lies and untruths and blah, 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 blah. You know, then everybody gets together and uh, there's, you know, a an insurrection. They go into the Capitol. They try to block official proceedings. And then, uh, well, in this case, nothing will happen because it's not Donald Trump. I want you to listen to Rashid, uh, Rashida Tlaib and what she said yesterday in Washington, D.C., just before there was any kind of insurrection at the Capitol. Listen. Continue to watch people think it's okay to bomb a hospital with children. You know what's so hard sometimes is watching those videos and and the people telling the kids don't cry and like let them cry. And they're shaking and somebody you know this, they keep telling them not to cry in oh, Arabic. Oh my gosh, there she is. They, do, they can cry, I yeah. can cry, we all can cry. What if we're not honest. crying, something is wrong. Yeah. And so I'm telling you right now. Right. So there she is. Biden, not all America's with you on this one. Wow, wow, And wow. you need to wake up and Uh-oh. understand that. Uh-oh, is she mm-hmm. threatening the pre- Then she's threatening the president. This angry extremist crowd then goes to the Capitol, uh, and they fill the House building. Do we have any of the video or the... There it is. Look at this. They have taken over the House, and they are trying to disrupt proceedings. Oh, my goodness. It is an insurrection. Now, <clears throat> you would say, well, the the thing with Donald Trump was he was lying to the people about, you know, he, he lost the election. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, you know, the one thing you don't have is uh, actual proof that he was lying or lying knowingly. You had a lot of people tell him. But he, he, you know, you can't, I can't play the video for you. But in this particular case, I can play the video for you. In fact, uh, it sucks to be Hamas. There's an audio translation of eavesdropping 
on the on Hamas the night the hospital was bombed. And here's what they picked up. Listen, I'm telling you, this is the first time we see a missile like this falling. And so that's why we're saying it belongs to the Palestinian Islamic Jihad. What? They're saying it belongs to Palestinian Islamic Jihad. Is it from us? Looks like it. Who says this? They're saying that the shrapnel from the missile is local shrapnel and not Israeli shrapnel. What are you saying? God bless. It could have found another place to explode. Never mind. Yes, they shot it from a cemetery behind the hospital. What? They shot it from the cemetery behind the hospital. It misfired and fell on them. There's a cemetery behind it? Yes. It's exactly. It's in the compound. Where is it when you enter the compound? You first enter the compound. Don't go towards the city. It's on the right side. Oh, yeah, I know it. <laughs> okay. That's Hamas confirming themselves to another Hamas member. Yeah, uh, looks like us. Looks like us because they're firing behind the uh, hospital. Oh. Wow. Okay. That's pretty bad. Well, they, hey, look, they should have made this this information that you're talking about available to the media. Then they could have corrected their reports. Yeah, they but did. They, did. They, they did. And they also uh, they also showed the video of it being launched and then landing on the hospital. So only from multiple different angles, though. They should have. Yeah. You know, why yeah. didn't they you ever see like one of those cool movies like an action movie mm -hmm. and they put like a camera right on the missile and yeah. so it's flying and it's going right yeah. at the person and then you're like, ah, yeah. like, why don't they show <laughs> yeah. us that camera? Right. View? They won't even right. show they won't us, show that, us view. that. Yeah, exactly right. So Rashida Tlaib, is anything going to happen? Is anything going to happen to her? She going to be uh, impeached for inciting an insurrection? Anything? I just want you to know. Does she at least get a nomination for Best Actress out of it? I mean, that, that, that's a the, really good acting. It's the least we could do. It was really do. good. It was really, really the, good. The <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Is that an audio of I mean, her? It's just incredible. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I was inspired by wow, her performance that's there. really good. Uh, so let me just take you through some things that are happening on college campuses because of this. Here are uh, University of Pennsylvania students chanting... In favor of Hamas, I just want you to hear what they're saying. There it is. There it is. Israel, Israel, you can't hide. We charge you with genocide. And the last part of it, there's only one solution. What is that solution? Would it, would it maybe the final one? Maybe the final would it be solution? The final solution? I don't know. That's mm. a stretch to think they might have been reaching for that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they're chanting about a final solution at the University of Pennsylvania. If you have a kid there, bring them home. Bring them home. Stop paying them. You have a kid in a university. Stop it. Stop. What are you doing? Sincerely, what are you doing? How do you, I mean, what's the line there? Because obviously. If, if, you're, if that college is doing anything like this, 
What are you doing? Yeah. If they're allowing that to go on. I mean, I, look, we all talked about in history how the First Amendment protects, let's say, the KKK from having a rally. Right? Yes. But I don't think it protects them from calling for genocide of, of African-Americans, does it? I don't. I mean, I don't think so. <laughs> it's it, calling for outward violence problem, on a megaphone seems a little bit more direct than what they've attempted to charge Donald Trump with on January 6th, yeah. where he says, hey, uh, peacefully go to the Capitol. And they're like, yeah. that means he wanted to overthrow the government. So there's a great article today. I'd love to get this woman on, but I don't know if she would come on. Uh, I want you to listen to this op-ed this from uh, uh, the New York Post. The blatant anti-Semitism on college campuses has shocked millions of Americans over the past week and a half, but not me. I saw anti-Semitism on a weekly basis in my two years as a faculty, diversity, equity, and inclusion director. In fact, I can safely say that toxic DEI ideology deliberately stokes hatred towards Israel and the Jewish people. I was hired to head the DEI department at Silicon Valley's De Anza College in 2021. As a black woman, I was the perfect person for the job on paper. Yet I made the mistake of actually trying to create an authentically inclusive learning environment for everybody, including the Jewish students. Turns out a toxic form of DEI, which is more accurately called critical social justice, demanded I do the opposite. Before I got to campus, Jewish students had endured a litany of hateful and hostile acts. The school had hosted a Hanukkah party that featured no Hanukkah imagery, but plenty of pro-Palestinian protesters. The student body had passed resolutions on divesting from Israel, the first college of its kind to do so, and criticizing Israel's attacks against humanity, quote end quote. Multiple Jewish students told me that the campus was essentially an anti-Semitic environment. I tried to write this wrong. First, I hosted a Jewish, a Jewish speakers on campus with the goal of promoting diversity and inclusion by sharing different perspective. Critics called me, quote, a dirty Zionist, and the school refused to promote the events. Then I pushed the administration to issue strong condemnation of anti-Semitism. My request was refused. Some campus leaders and colleagues repeatedly told me I shouldn't raise issues about Jewish inclusion or anti-Semitism. I was told in no uncertain terms that Jews are white oppressors, and our job as faculty and staff members was to decenter whiteness. I was astounded. But I shouldn't have been. At its worst, DEI is built on the unshakable belief that the world is divided into two groups of people, the oppressors and the oppressed. Jews are categorically placed in the oppressor category, while Israel is branded a genocidal settler, a colonialist state. In this worldview, criticizing Israel and the Jewish people is not only acceptable, but praiseworthy, just as it's okay to attack America and white people. If you don't go after them, or worse, if you defend them, you're actively abetting racist oppression. I've never encountered a more hostile environment towards the members of any racial, ethnic, or religious group. I was ultimately fired by De Anza College, and I suspect my defense of Jewish students played a part. Yet I've subsequently found that my experience is not unique. Countless faculty and students on campuses nationwide have told me DEI ideology encourages anti-Semitism. One study found 96% of Israel-focused tweets by campus DEI staff 
criticized the Jewish state. 96%. And that was before Hamas launched its brutal assault on Israel this month. Now the colleges and universities beholden to DEI are hurting Jewish students and their silence. Their moral equivocation about terrorism against Israel or their outright praise of the terrorists. Many of the student groups most invested in DEI are actively siding with Hamas. Look no further than White Coats for Black Lives, a national group of medical students with chapters in more than 100 public and private universities. On Tuesdays, just after Hamas murdered Jewish families in their beds, the DEI-driven group proudly declared it has long supported Palestine's struggle for liberation. How could a Jewish patient ever trust a medical trainee or a professional who subscribes to such blatant anti-Semitic hatred? It's tantamount to threatening their lives, and it raises questions about whether such hate-filled people should even be allowed to practice medicine. Why? They did it in Germany. It was fine. This outpouring of anti-Semitic hatred is a direct result of DEI's insistence that Jews are oppressors. What started with rhetorical attacks has morphed into defending and calling for violent attacks. It's inevitable for an ideology that demeans an entire group of people while accusing them of perpetrating massive injustice. When you stoke that kind of division and anger, you unleash fires you cannot control. Sure enough, the fire of anti-Semitism is now burning bright on college campuses. It needs to be extinguished immediately so it doesn't spread and do more damage. I know just the place to start. Administrators and lawmakers need to get toxic DEI out of higher education. If they don't, there will be no true diversity and inclusion on campus, but there will be even more shocking hatred towards the Jews. Back in just a minute. I want you to think about your heartbeat, the beat, 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 beat that you feel in your chest and you put your hand over your, your breast. That proves life. It's how you know you're alive. Expecting mothers who don't already know often find out when they see an ultrasound of their unborn child and hear that heartbeat for the first time. And that's where Preborn, their life-saving mission, comes in. When you donate $28 to Preborn, you'll offer a free ultrasound to an expectant mom caught in the crisis. Once she hears that heartbeat and sees the precious life of her baby, the chance of life doubles. Plus, Preborn continues to help provide critical support for up to two years for mom and baby. So your tax-deductible gift will go directly to this cause. So sponsor one of these precious children's lives today, 28 bucks. And if you have the means, would you consider a leadership gift, gift to save babies in a big way? Your tax-deductible donation of $5,000 will sponsor Preborn's entire network for 24 hours, helping to rescue 200 babies. To donate, dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, keyword baby. Or donate securely at preborn.com slash Beck. That's preborn.com slash Beck. Sponsored by Preborn. 10 seconds, station ID. Last night, we did an incredible show, and um, thank you for watching it. It was all translated into Hebrew, the, um, uh, the uh, translation at the bottom of the screen, because I think it's important for 
people in Israel that don't have a command of the English language to know that they are not alone. Uh, and I quite honestly, I don't understand these. I don't understand how Harvard can claim to have the smartest people. How are they possibly? Why would you ever send your kid to Harvard right now if they can't figure out who, with all of the evidence now, who bombed the hospital and who did not? If they can't figure out, you know, they're, uh, well, I'm very strong in the LGBTQ 2 plus ISPLC XYZ movement. And that's why I support the Palestinians and Hamas. Do you really? Because if you go over to Palestine, you go over and you're you're wearing your little rainbow thing. It's like, I'm a dude that can have a baby. They'll kill you. Okay, they'll kill you if you're not smart enough to figure out Hamas, the Islamic Jihad, Hezbollah, Iran. If you're not smart enough to figure out that they want you dead. How did you get into Harvard? Sincerely, how did you get into Harvard? (laughs) Mommy got me in. Really? I think so. And the media, of course, makes this worse, because if you previously believe going into an incident like this, that the Israelis are the bad guys, and then you look at the media, they all claimed initially that they were the bad guys. Now they're at that point. I can't tell you how many times over the past few days I've heard the term tit for tat. Mm. Oh, this is well, there's a tit for tat back and for both sides are saying things and they who's responsible. Well, it's a, you know, it's just he said, she said, no, it's not. There's video from a hundred different angles of what happened of this. It's not tit for tat. It's not what. And then they, the other thing they throw so in, dangerous, they throw, so dangerous. They say, well, in, in a way, it doesn't really even matter who's responsible because yes, it does. Yes, it does. You're the you're the you're supposed to be journalists. What do you mean? It doesn't matter. Why did it matter the first night? Yeah. Why did it matter? Why did it matter? They they tried to burn our embassy down in Lebanon. If you think this isn't going to spread in a global war. You're Looney Tunes or a student at Harvard. Okay? It, it's going to spread into w- World War III. It's going to get worse and worse. And we will have people who are running our country who actually believe there's only one solution. We've got to turn off this path right now. Right now divest yourself from anything that has DEI, BLM, Hamas, Palestinian. Get away from it right now. The Glenn Beck Program. The only bombs we like to drop are truth bombs. Oh. So you used to dream about owning your own home you pictured the white picket fence the tire swinging and swaying under the oak tree and oh it's gonna be so much fun and then you get a house and you're like oh crap and uh you know the children are playing in the backyard but you can't wait to get rid of that house and uh the kids are like no it's a house i grew up in i don't know is this sounding too personal i don't know anyway when you're trying to sell a house that's when things get real 
why I started Real Estate Agents I Trust. We work with the best real estate agents all over the country. We probably have one in your area. And if we don't, we just don't recommend somebody. The people who decided to make this their full-time occupation, who throw themselves all the way in, the agents who we have vetted fully, I mean, it's excruciating for them. They have a great track record of getting the job done using the best practices of the industry. Those are the people that we'll recommend to you. If we don't have one in your area, we won't recommend anybody. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. It's a free service to you, realestateagentsitrust.com. Watching the media's coverage of all this, has there ever been a better argument for Blaze TV? It's blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. These are the exact times I have been warning America about for almost, uh, what, 15 years, 20 years now. Uh, It is why I spent so much time uh, on Israel and the Jewish state and uh, and Martin Luther King uh, for so many years, because this is part of what always happens in a uh, in a world that goes mad with socialism and Marxism. Um, It always, always comes with massive anti-Semitism. And we're seeing it now in our universities. We're seeing it uh, everywhere. And it's apparently not that disturbing for a lot of people. Uh, I think everyone should be talking about this at lunch and dinner, at the water cooler. You know, wherever you're hanging out and talking about things, there is nothing, I think, more important than this. Because once anti-Semitism is this, uh, it's this gateway to hell. It is a gateway to hell. And I just ask if you are not Jewish, I'm not Jewish. Uh, I just want you to imagine what it must feel like having your children at a university today or you at a university or just being Jewish. We've seen this movie before. It's not like, oh, well, they don't really mean it. Oh, yeah, no, no, they do. And when they're chanting this at the University of Pennsylvania, there's only one solution. That's that's not even veiled. They're talking about the final solution. Which was so horrific, they never said the extermination of all the Jews. They gave it a code name, the final solution. They didn't even want people to know about it, but apparently everybody on the left here in America and around the world are all for just letting it rip. That should terrify non-Jews, let alone anyone of Jewish descent. Julia Wax is um, a law student at Georgetown University. God love her. She's also a Georgetown Law Zionist Coast uh, president. And Brooke Goldstein joins us. She is the Lawfare Project founder and executive director and author of End Jewish Hatred. Julia, Brooke, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you for having us. You bet. Julia, let me start with you. What what are you experiencing and others experiencing on campus? Um, I'd like to say that this is not just happening at Georgetown. It's happening on campuses. Everywhere. Across, yeah, across the United States. And the world. And, yeah, the world. And 
what we're experiencing is our student group and students individually who are posting on social media things that basically are anti-Semitic rhetoric, things that are denying the events that happened this past week in Israel, denying the beheading of 40 babies, saying that the Nova incident and the music festival didn't occur, trying to say that AI is how all of this is being generated, posting, you know, from the river to the sea, Palestine should be free. Um, They are promoting events and rallies, one of which I went to, to try and understand, I went undercover, and they started chanting, we don't want no Jew state. Um, And they started chanting, um, Zionism will fall and um, globalize the Intifada. And I don't even, I don't even think these people understand that the language that they're shouting is anti-Semitic. It's so deeply embedded at this point um, that it's time for us to take a stand and speak out. I, uh, my staff prayed for uh, you, Julia, and people like you today that are, that are on campuses all over the world, um, that you have strength and Oh, I, I don't even know what else it would take, but that the Lord would be with you. Um, Brooke, what is your involvement in this? I know you've written a book on ending Jew hatred, um, but the Lawfare Project, what is that? So first of all, Glenn, I want to thank you so much for your moral clarity, because this is a time when we need leadership and we need people like you speaking the truth. It is absolutely very scary. And what we're doing at the Lawfare Project is we provide pro bono legal support to Jewish students on campus who are facing a hostile environment that targets them because they are Jewish. And I want to make absolutely clear, and you said it in your intro, this is not about a Palestinian state. This has nothing to do with politics. This has everything to do with Islamist Nazi-like Jew hatred. And the people that Julia was talking about before, they are akin to Holocaust deniers. They are the new Hamas Holocaust deniers. And it's always those who deny the truth and denying the truth of this recent genocide, because that's what it was, a genocide that want to commit the same acts of atrocities again. And that's exactly what Julia is saying they are chanting on campus. And Jewish students around the country are feeling unsafe. So it is incumbent on the administration, the Biden administration, who has been giving wonderful speeches standing with Israel, to stand with the Jewish population within the United States. That is absolutely paramount. And to do everything they can to root out these terror-supporting, terror-affiliated groups like SJP, Students for Justice in Palestine, and groups like Wall Palestine, they must get off our campuses. Because you said it yourself, Glenn, this is a national security threat for the United States. So, guys, I, I mean, this is so deep. and Because uh, I know, because I've been watching it. I've been watching it and looking for it uh, since 2005. 2003 and watching it grow and it's it is in everything now it is black lives matter 
When people stood up, I, I kept saying, you can't stand with these people. You might think that there's a problem uh, with the police. You might think there's a problem. Well, good, let's talk about that and solve it. But these people are trying to destroy Israel. They're trying to destroy the traditional family. I mean, how are you going to stop this in our universities? It came from the universities. Well, I think it's really important for your audience to understand the influence of foreign funding. People in the counterterrorism community have been warning about the billions and billions of dollars coming from states like Qatar, which is the second largest state sponsor of terrorism in the world, that are funding our institutions. Go ahead. Pardon, Julia? Um, I believe Georgetown has a campus in Qatar as well. Who does? Tell us about that, Julia. Um, I don't know uh, too much, but Georgetown does have a campus in Qatar. How how is it that our administrators are taking hundreds of millions of dollars per campus? They're not registering as foreign agents. They're not disclosing the memos of understanding. What are the terms of these agreements? I guarantee you this money we know is going to diversity, equity, inclusion. It's going to critical race theory. It's going to fund students groups. And it's going to radicalize Americans to turn not just against Israel, but against America. Julia, what does it, I don't know if you can even answer this. What does it feel like to be a Jew today? Uh, <laughs> um, it requires a lot of perseverance. Um, I'm definitely one of the loudest voices on my campus when it comes to this subject. And I'm trying to stay strong for a group of people because I do have students that are unable to focus and are forced to sit in a classroom with students who promote these rallies. <sighs> I have students texting me that they are scared to come to class. Students who are removing their Star of David necklaces. Mm. Students who have removed their Israeli flags from their lockers. Um, It's a hostile environment. You walk down the street and you don't know who's for you and who's against you. And I think it's important to note that this used to be a very fringe group of people on the university campuses. This used to be a very fringe, far-left group. And now it's the majority. And now, quite honestly... On campuses across the United States, it feels like the majority is against us. And yesterday, we hosted a survivor from the Nova Music Festival on our campus. In 24 hours, I was able to get her to come and speak. And before, I think I questioned how could the Holocaust even have occurred? How could something so horrific to my people even have occurred? And after last night and listening to this woman speak, this woman who is similar in age to me, who looks like me, who's from a similar background to me, and hearing her give her story about running away from the terrorists, having friends who died as she sprinted forward, now I know. And that's, it's a staunch and haunting realization as a Jewish person to have to be sitting in that room with 40 other Jewish students listening to this woman who looks like us, who is one of us, speak about being persecuted. And anybody who denies that Hamas is not a terrorist organization is part of the problem and is someone who is spewing anti-Semitic rhetoric and making this a much more globalized issue. 
And Julia, weren't you saying also that the survivor was then further taunted um, when she's come and, and tell her story on she, campus? She, she did speak on the fact that even in America, she does not feel safe as a Jewish woman. That she had friends who um, asked to have their locks changed. That, you know, she still does not feel safe even being here in America due to what she's seeing occur, specifically on campuses. You know, campuses are the think tanks of America. This is where all of our legal ideas, this is where our new educational ideas stem from. And it astounds me that we're looking at the most prestigious universities in the world, Harvard, Georgetown, Columbia, Stanford, Yale, all of these massive organizations. And they have people at their organizations. And it's not just one, two, or three. It's hundreds of students that are shouting this rhetoric and making it unsafe for us. Will you um, uh, please keep my phone number with you if there is anything I can ever do or my organizations can do for you? Um, please reach out. I want you to know, a long time ago, I, uh, before I brought my family to Israel, I brought them to Auschwitz. And I, I told them that you can't understand Israel unless you understand Auschwitz. And I asked each of them to read a book of one of the righteous among the nations. <clears throat> because I wanted my family to decide who we would be long before uh, any of this stuff would uh, happen again. I want you to know I am not alone and you are not alone. There are millions of us that stand with you. We know the past. We know what the future can be if we remain silent again. And uh, you will always, always have a place at my table. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank God. you. I really appreciate it. God bless you, Julia. Glenn, I want to say one thing. It's just so important before we end. You, you said there are millions out there. We need you to be vocal now. What can you do to help the Jewish community? You can call up the administration at Georgetown right now today. Flood them. Flood their email inbox. Make sure that you're calling them every single minute demanding they create a campus that is safe for the Jewish students demanding they kick off the student groups off campus that are taunting Jewish students and making it unsafe to exist there. That's how we could use your help. We will do it. Thank you so much. God bless. Thank you. I really it is not only uh, Georgetown, but it's a good place to start. Um, back in just a second. So... What if I could, you know, wave a magic wand and change the cost of your phone bill every month? Maybe take it down a lot from where it currently is. And while you're daydreaming, why not make sure that you're working with a company that is like-minded, that isn't stabbing you, the Constitution, or Jews in the back? You can do that. You don't need a magic wand. It's Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative moral... moral America's only Christian conservative mobile company, and they offer dependable nationwide coverage so you can access any of the three major networks that everybody's on. But you don't have to worry that part of your bill is going to go fund leftist causes. 
please, we need to do absolutely everything. Just do the next right thing. Don't go get overwhelmed. Just do the next right thing. Before you make a phone call and give these big mobile companies another dime, go to patriotmobile.com slash Beck or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation when you use the offer code Beck. It's patriotmobile.com slash Beck or 972-PATRIOT. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You know, as I, uh, I'm going to say something that will sound very self-serving, and I don't mean it this way. Um, but if you've been listening to this program for a long time, you know that all of these things uh, I have tried to prepare you for. All of the things that I have tried to convince people for years, um, you know, that telling you we're going to make the Nazis look like rookies if we don't get off this road. Please, anyone that you know that has a chance of opening their eyes, please direct them to our podcast and to our shows. We need to be together. We need to stand together as one in peace, in peace and love. It will be Bonhoeffer was right. Gandhi was right. Abraham Lincoln was right. Now remember, Abraham Lincoln had to fight a war, but he didn't start it, but he finished it, but he did it without malice, without hatred. We have to prepare. Things are coming that are much more difficult than right now. Please. Help your friends understand the Glenn Beck program. Let me tell you about Jace Medical. I've talked to you about Jace Medical and the Jace case for some time now. Look, we're headed for times where there's going to be trouble and there are going to be shortages of essential drugs, um, of just essentials. Jace case is the first thing that I have seen that solves the problem of a prepper. How do I get my heart medicine, my insulin? I'll be dead in a month if you don't have some of these things. You can be dead in a week if you have insulin and you don't have access to it. Jace Medical will help you right now. Go to jacemedical.com. The Jace case is for the five uh, most used antibiotics that you can keep in the house. But they also uh, have a program to where you tell them exactly what you take and your family takes. They go through the, the right medical procedures. And then they send a year's supply to your home. So no matter what it is, you'll have that supply on hand if there's ever a disruption. Please go to jacemedical.com, enter the promo code back at checkout, get a discount on your order. Promo code back, J-A-S-E medical.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it... <clears throat> a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. 
is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I can't figure out what this administration is doing. On one hand, they say, you know, we're all with you, um, Israel. And on the other hand, they give, you know, palletfuls of cash to Iran and now Hamas. How? How can they do that when there are American hostages and about 200 hostages still being held? How can this administration do this? Well, they don't see the world the same way. When Joe Biden said he was going to provide uh, support, one of the main guys at State Department just walked out and said, I can't do this. I can't be a part of this. You can't be a part of what? Standing up for human beings? I'm sorry. When you go door to door and you kill people in cold blood, it's not like a war. You're going into their house with the intention of finding unarmed people, not expecting anything, and shooting them and their children. That's Gestapo Nazi stuff. And if we're not clear on that, there is no hope for our future. None. We must be clear on this. One of my favorite teachers, a guy I've learned so much from and really a hero to me, joins me in 60 seconds to talk about this and so much more. Okay, there's a number that should shock you. Right now, there are 38,000 U.S. veterans experiencing homelessness right now. What is wrong with us? You know, they're spending, and I'm not making this up, they are looking into, they're studying, I believe it's lesbian private parts in the Congo. I don't know what we're supposed to get out of that, but we're spending money on that. But today, they are lowering the pay to our military overseas because cost of living is getting so expensive and Our military just can't afford that. Are you out of your mind? My gosh, we're screwed up as a country. Look, the government is not going to do the right thing. They they didn't do the right thing after we won the the Revolutionary War. Congress said, there's not enough money. We can't pay the soldiers. I'm not going to live in an America where... We have our voices, we have our own free will, and we have people living on the streets and sleeping under bridges, lacking the basics that you and I enjoy. And they were the ones who went out to the desert and did exactly what none of us had the courage to do. Tunnel to Towers Foundation is committed to helping these people who have sacrificed so much. If you have $11, would you be willing to give $11 a month to help get these people off the streets? Go to T, the number two, T.org. And by the way, if you're a veteran who's homeless or at risk of homelessness, just go and, com- and, and complete the foundation's entry form. You'll find it there as well at T2T.org. T, the number two, T.org. Rabbi Daniel Lappin, how are you, my friend? Wonderful and all the better for speaking to you. (laughs) As you know, Susan and I view you as a very dear and cherished friend. Well, thank you. Um, I've been worried about you. My family's been worried about you. We've been praying for you because are you are you still in Israel? 
Yes, I am. And the truth is, I do not really want to leave until Hamas is being obliterated off the face of the earth. I have to tell you, you know, um, I, I said to Benjamin Netanyahu, I want, you know, I've got a lot of friends who are getting dual citizenships. And, uh, you know, they're like, you know, to Cayman Islands or whatever. And, uh, Stu, and I, St. Kitts, thank you. Uh, and I want one in, I want an Israeli passport. I want dual citizenship. And he said, why would you want an Israeli citizenship? And I said, because I know you guys will stand. In the end, I don't want to sit on my hands. I want to be I want to be with the people who know what is right, what is wrong, and why they stand. So I have a lot of respect for you, Rabbi. Um, and, uh, we, no, I mean, we didn't come here for the war. We came a week before the war, not expecting anything like this. Uh, we came for a bar mitzvah of a grandson. It was a big, big, special, wonderful family event. And um, and then I was a speaker for a, uh, a festival uh, retreat program. And then on the last day of the festival, all hell broke loose. Um, Rabbi, teach us something. I, I know that um, dates mean a lot to the Muslims. If I'm not mistaken, on September 11th, there was a very specific battle that I don't remember happened in like the 1500s or 1600s that uh, the people who knew went, this is why this is a big deal. They chose September 11th uh, intentionally. Is the same? Is it the same for October 7th? Um, yes, it is. And uh, and here's the thing, Glenn. Initially, when you know ordinary average Americans, when we, when we first hear something like this, it's so alien to our general conception of how the world works. The idea that somebody is going to commit an atrocity on a certain date because his ancestors did something on that date 400 years ago, it sounds preposterous. But you have to remember that America has been infected by an epidemic of secularism for the last 50 years. And one of the main distinctions between religions and secularism is that secularism contracts the window of observation until nothing matters but today. Mm. But whether you are Jewish or Christian or even Muslim, yesterday really matters. Christians say, for Christians, the Jesus is as alive today as he was 2,000 years ago. Right. And for Jews, the destruction of the, the temple that took place 2,000 years ago is, is a lie. We still mourn it today. And for Muslims, this is also true. I mean, they, they, the Palestinians and the Arab world, I can't remember, it's the day of Nakba, or help me out yeah. on that. Well, that's a, that's a recent one. That's right, I, I know, but that shows... self-inflicted. Right, they're still doing a new day. They're saying it's yeah. the... the, the, the um, Independence Day, if you will, for Israel is the day of what is Nakba, the day of the disaster or something. I mean, yes, it, yes. dates mean something. No, they really do. And so the um, there was a huge um, defeat inflicted on Muslim forces and on the 11th of September, 1683. What was happening then 
was that um, after an earlier attempt to conquer Europe for Islam and for Sharia from the West, the um, Muslim, uh, the Ottoman forces uh, moved in from the East, from Constantinople, and they began an assault on Europe. And they got incredibly far. I mean, these were, were not uh, nobody. These were very competent warriors. And they got as far as the gates of Vienna. And at that point, the Christian forces from Poland, from Sweden, uh, the, under the Pope, all united together. And they said, once and for all, we've got to stop this threat to Christian life in Europe. And they put up a, um, a, uh, a defense of Vienna, which was under siege by the Muslims. And they inflicted a crushing defeat from which Islam never recovered. They'd never come back to Europe until mm. recently when the attempt to take Europe through immigration has taken place. But this is an old story, of course. I mean, back in 732, after conquering the Iberian Peninsula by conquering Spain, they then proceeded to move into France. And it was only the heroism of a French warrior, Charles Martel, who, who stood astride the path through the Pyrenees and through the mountains, and he stopped that. And then the naval forces of the Ottoman Empire tried to conquer Europe um, in 1571. And again, the Christian countries put together a combined fleet, and in the Gulf of Lepanto between Italy and Greece, uh, they destroyed the Muslim fleet. That was on the 10th, excuse me, that was on the 7th of October, 1571. And so when it was time to launch an attack on America, they chose the 11th of September. Uh, 2001, because it was on the 11th of September 1683 that Christian forces defeated Islam at Vienna. And when they decided to attack Israel two weeks ago, they didn't say, well, let's go, it's 50 years since the Yom Kippur War and a day. Or, you know, let's do this because it's a Jewish festival. No, they chose October the 7th because it was on, on October the 7th, 1571, that the Christians inflicted a huge defeat on the Muslim fleet. So, yes, uh, dates are important, and uh, this just helps to understand this is not a battle about land. Ordinarily, ethnic conflicts about land can be resolved by splitting it down the middle. But this is not about land. This is about whether the twin civilizations of the Bible or the culture of the Quran are going to be dominant in the world. That's what this is about. So you say that this, is, this isn't just about even killing the Jews, because that's what I'm hearing, and, and that's what I've been saying. Um, and I guess the umbrella of what you just said is over this. Um, but the, the thing that people have to understand, this isn't about land. This is about getting rid of every Jew on the planet. And then they come for the Christians. And, and after that, every Christian. Right. There's no big difference. I mean, you've got to remember that one of the um, earlier Hamas leaders, um, uh, his name is Abdul Aziz Rantisi, and he stated, and in, 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 in stating what I'm about to tell you, he was merely echoing uh, dominant and authoritative uh, Muslim clerics who said again and again, but Abdul Aziz Rantisi stated, that uh, Israel will lose because they crave life, but a true Muslim loves death. 
Now that, of course, really gets down to the, the core of it, because the, uh, the Bible has uh, God saying to Israel, therefore, choose life, recognizing that there are cultures in the world that don't choose life. And so essential to Judaism and Christianity is the value of life. When a, when a, when a natural calamity occurs, an earthquake or a flood, even in Muslim countries, it's invariably Christian countries and Christian ministries that send teams to rescue and, and help and provide humanitarian relief. Well, what about the Red Crescent? The Red Crescent is like the Red Cross. Yes, excepting that when disasters happen, like the Dam earthquake in Iran, the first on the scene, and for the first three weeks, the only people on the scene were Christian organizations. Mm. Mm. So, yes, there is a fundamental conflict here, and um, it's not about the land, because the Arabs massacred uh, the city of Hebron, killing all the Jews there in 1929. There was no Israel yet, nothing to do with that. Until 1948, there was no Israel. You would have thought that uh, at that point, the land then would have been filled with all kinds of people. Of course, nobody ever called themselves or was ever called a Palestinian before 1948. Didn't made up term. And, um, and, uh, and, and so that's what we're dealing with. It's a, it's a struggle between barbarism and civilization. All right. Um, when we come back, uh, Rabbi, I'm going to take a one-minute break and then come back. And I, I want to talk to you about good and evil um, because it, it, it uh, feels like evil is an entity and a very well thought out entity, quite honestly, that is sweeping uh, the earth right now. Uh, and I'd like to get your thoughts on this. Um, we'll talk to you and continue in just about 60 seconds. Stand by some of the happiest members you ever make in life or with your dog. He's there with you through thick and thin. He's loyal. He loves you. Even if you, haven't had a shower. You know what I'm saying? Doesn't get better than that. Oh, he's just snuggling with me even though he's because I didn't showered yet today. Naturally, you want to make sure he's got the best nutrition and uh, you provide it. Or so you think. I mean, we were buying the kibble food. It was, you know, the kibble food that you practically need a prescription for. It's so good and so expensive. Except it's, I mean, it's the best out there, but kibble food is dead food. Naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black figured this out, and he's put rough greens together. Now, he knew brown food is dead food. Everything's cooked out of it. You need the greens. You need probiotics. So does your dog. The folks at Rough Greens are so confident your dog is going to love it, and you'll start to see a difference over time. They have a special deal for you right now. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Beck. Uno's a very picky eater and never thought he would eat this stuff. He loves it. 833-GLEN-33. 833-GLEN-33. Get the first trial bag for free. All you pay for is shipping. 833-GLEN-33. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. 10 seconds. Station ID. So, Rabbi, I've I've talked to a, a lot of friends over in Israel and Jews, and um, can you explain to me the Jewish conception of evil? Because there's there is no, I mean, there's a Satan from the scriptures, but it's not like Christians look at Satan or the devil, 
right? Yeah. Can you explain uh, h- how evil works in in Judaism? Uh, yes, there is a, uh, a an understanding that evil is not an abstract; it's an action, and that makes it a lot easier to understand and to uh, and to confront. Uh, there are certain activities that are evil. Uh, so it's not so much an identity or a, an abstract, but it is a, a, a series of actions, and those are laid out in what is called the Torah, the five books of Moses. And uh, there are 248 uh, actions there that, excuse me, 265 actions there that are listed as, uh, as evil actions. So, so when you're feeling this or seeing this, this is just a bunch of actions that are all starting to play in the same way. And does that kind of create a uh, an atmosphere or a force? Because I think maybe maybe what you're feeling and uh, and and what you're grappling with may be something a little bit different, and that is the. Um, spiritual quality of uh, the people known as Amalek, who first show up in the book of Exodus as the the group that attacks Israel on its way out of Egypt. And um, the, the interesting thing is that the qualities are provided in the Tanakh, qualities that are provided that help us identify the the Amalekian people. So, for instance, in the book of Esther, uh, Haman was part of the Amalekian people, which is not so necessarily so much a biological identification um, as it is a spiritual affiliation. And so um, it's always associated with a desire to obliterate Jews off the, the surface of the earth. So not surprisingly, uh, throughout the Nazi period, we find that the, the Nazis um, echo reflections of, uh, of Amalekian thinking. Mm-hmm. And then uh, after the end of World War II, interestingly enough, through the Grand Mufti of Jerusalem, who was very well connected to the Nazi hierarchy, uh, the, the spiritual mantle of Amalek, if you like, the philosophical infrastructure uh, passes on to the world of Islamic Jihad. And so it's really interesting that, for instance, exactly the same tendency to co- conflate uh, life and death, which is found in uh, certain Nazi rituals and in right. certain music, like the music of Richard Wagner, the Ring Cycle, things that were venerated by the Nazi hierarchy, there is a conflation of life and death, or sex and death, sex being uh, the, the source of all life. And so uh, we find that the same thing happens with, uh, with Islamic Jihad. For instance, what do young men who happily blow up innocent people as well as themselves hope to gain as a reward when they reach paradise? Sex. Virgins. Yeah, it's like, it's like their paradise is a Spanish brothel. It's weird. That's why when we, I mean, there's, you know, you can watch a lot of violence, but when it is mixed with sex, it becomes so disturbing. And, yes. uh, and that's because of that spirit. 
And that's that exactly that spoken. I mean, you know, I hate to I hate to even know about it, but one of the classification, one of the categories of filth available in the in the world of porn are what are called stuff porn. Yes. Which combine sex and death. Yes. So Rabbi yeah, that, that is part Rabbi Daniel Lappin, you can find him at rabbidaniellappin.com. You can hear his podcast on on Blaze, uh, blazetv.com. Make sure you listen to his podcast. My best to you and uh, Susan and the whole family, Rabbi. Stay safe. God bless. You bet. Bye-bye. The Glenn Beck Program. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. You know, it used to be the case that you'd, you'd look at your paycheck and, you know, you'd be unhappy about the amount that was taken out in taxes. Ah, the good old days. Now when you look at it, you also have to consider the high inflation is doing to that remaining amount. Right now, because of inflation, if you went to go get a home loan today, uh, for a home, you'd pay about 8%. That means you're paying about $1,000 more per month than you would have before the Biden administration. That's how crazy this is getting. And what's worse, that's a deal compared to credit cards. And Americans are running up their credit cards. And that's 20, 25 plus percent every month. You could save up to $700 a month. You can defer, maybe delay as many as two mortgage payments. Please call American Financing today to see if they can help with your situation. 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. AmericanFinancing.net. And it's BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn and save. All right, I want to talk to you about backbone, spine, courage, decency, honor, integrity, all of the things that we don't have in Washington. I want to listen I want you to listen to this story from the Washington Post. Representative Jim Jordan failed to earn enough votes to win the speaker's gavel for a second time in as many days as on Wednesday. Representative Jim Jordan denounced the barrage of threats and calls Republicans say they've fielded since opposing Jordan's nomination to be the next House Speaker, saying that no American should be harassed for their belief. Not harassing you. We've never, we, I have specifically said in your kindest voice, remind them who you work, who they work for. Remind them that you are a constituent and you are expecting them to do X, Y, and Z. Not, that's not a threat. That is a promise. If you do this, I'll help you win the next campaign. If you do that, I'll do everything in my power to make sure that everybody knows it and we're going to find somebody to run against you because you don't belong there because you don't represent the people. Now, if that is a threat that you just can't handle in Washington, then you shouldn't be there, you spineless worm. I'm sorry. Jesus wouldn't have said that. Jordan lost a second round of votes for the speakership, receiving one fewer vote on Wednesday's ballot than he did on Tuesday. 
Uh, though he flipped two Republican votes in his favor on the second ballot, he lost four of his GOP colleagues. Um, Representative Marie, and, uh, Marie Antoinette, I guess, Miller Meeks, she is from Iowa. She said in a statement that after she flipped from voting for Jordan on Tuesday to another Republican, Kay Granger, Texas, on Wednesday, she received credible death threats and a barrage of threatening calls. If you have credible death threats, then you should report them. And credible death threats should be taken seriously. Anyone who is calling their congressman and or their senator or anybody else, anyone, and, uh, and threatening their lives, you are a moron and part of the problem. And also a criminal. Yes, and a criminal. That is a criminal thing to do yes. to call up and threaten someone's life. And they should life. be prosecuted. And obviously, I would assume... That's the end of this, right? If this really happened, then you would certainly that that, that they will pr- go down that road and proceed down sure. that road. If it's just a thing you say to the media to try to vilify conservatives who are on the radio and on podcasts, that's another story. Because well, I, I find it are. really hard to believe. Mm-hmm. Not that they look, we get death threats. You get them all the time. Oh, Half of them are from me. Um, you know, they <laughs> we. They, Credible death threats are different than things you read on Twitter. Correct. Okay. Totally different thing. That's not to say that you should be doing it on Twitter, but we all know what the internet does to people. There's to say credible death threats. We've had credible death threats. Yes. We've had times where we've had to bring in all sorts of of security. The Israel is restoring courage times right now. There we go. Restoring courage. You went to Israel. What did they tell you about your event right before it started? Uh, that it's no longer your event. It is a military operation. Yes. Because there was a suicide vest that was out. They couldn't find it. And uh, and it was our event that was marked for it. That's a credible death threat. Right. Credible death threat is not, oh, yeah, well, you should go. It's something that's on Twitter. That's not what that is. Yeah. But beyond that. Beyond this, okay, number one, I have high amounts of questions as to whether this actually occurred or whether it was actually credible, and certainly that it was, you know, if if this was someone uh, from an audience of a conservative show of some sort, shame on you, you should go to jail if you made a credible threat to a congressperson. But the second part of this is more important. Okay, wait a minute. We'll get into it in a second. Let Mm -hmm. me finish this. No American should accost another for their beliefs, Jordan said, formerly known, uh, on formerly known as Twitter X. Uh, After Miller Meeks announcement, we condemn all threats against our colleagues and it is imperative that we come together. Stop. It's abhorrent. You're right. He is right. I condemn all credible threats, all death threats. I I don't I don't want you yelling at anybody even even especially the secretaries because they have nothing to do with anything. And even death threats that aren't credible. I condemn. I condemn. All condemn that you shouldn't do it. Correct. Miller Meeks was among a number of lawmakers who voiced concern about threats and harassment they received after voting for speaker candidates other than Jordan. According to the Minnesota Post, phones of the office of Pete Stabber, uh, Republican from Minnesota, rang off the hook Wednesday after he joined the Republicans opposing Jordan's speakership. A Stabber staffer told the Minnesota Post that most callers were upset with the congressman's vote. The staffer added most calls came from outside the lawmaker's district. 
Steve Womack from Arkansas told reporters after Wednesday vote that the opposition to the Ohio Republican uh, among the expanding group of lawmakers who voted against him is, quote, profound. Womack, who voted for Steve Scalise on both ballots, argued that the Republican opposition to Jordan was not coordinated, but rather an organic development among members from different committee assignments, tenures and states. The commonality between them was frustration with Jordan's hardline reputation and the tactics he employed to win over support after the vote. John Rutherford, Republican from Florida, no excuse for you, elaborated on some of the threats that had been leveled at his staff and placed the blame squarely on Jordan for facilitating a culture of aggressive and extremist rhetoric. That is ridiculous. Ridiculous. He is absolutely responsible for it, Rutherford said of Jordan. And look, it doesn't work, especially against people like Steve Scalise and others. Nobody likes to have their arm twisted. Talking about individuals' wives and those sorts of things. That's just not acceptable. Now, what is he what is he referring to? Listen to this. Rutherford appeared to be referring to an anonymous text sent to the wife of Republican Don Bacon of Nebraska, quote, urging her to talk to her husband and talk him into supporting Jordan. Texts to Bacon's wife were reviewed by the Washington Post. One urged her to tell the congressman to step up and be a leader. Another asked her why her husband is causing chaos by not supporting Jim Jordan. It's wrong that these folks have no boundaries anymore. We don't live in fear, but holding people accountable is needed. Excuse me? You should see the things that my wife gets on her phone. My wife talks to me about it probably every two days. How do people get my phone number? Why do I keep getting... Listen to this one. So stand in line. And I would... My wife would not complain if she heard, why isn't your husband stepping up and being a leader? Why is your husband causing chaos by not supporting so-and-so? That's not a threat. Now, I don't agree with reaching out to people's wives and everything Obviously. else. And uh, nor is Jim Jordan, by nor the way, is Jim as Jordan everybody or, knows. Right. It's, you don't do that. But that's not a threat. The Idaho Republican Party said in a news release Wednesday that it, too, had been inundated with emails and phone calls from registered Ohio, uh, Iowa voters expressing their profound disappointment with Congressman Mike Simpson's decision that day. The decision voting for Scalise. The people of Idaho expect Mike Simpson to represent their concerns and prioritize their needs above political games and partisan divisions. The statement from the GOP in Idaho said the true measure of his success will be in his steadfast defense of the Constitution and the tangible benefits he delivers to the hardworking families of Idaho. We will be watching. Is that a threat? Because that's what I believe. And when you are not representing the people, now, those people in New York, you probably did what your people are fine, fine with. That's fine. That's fine. But don't think that others aren't going to run against you. Don't think that it is a threat. It's a promise. 
You do the things that keep the Constitution strong. You do the things that do not cause chaos. And that's why I've been harsh on on uh, uh, what's his name from uh, Florida that stuck Gates. Gates, yeah. Uh, this is why I've been harsh on on Gates the whole time. Because what was your plan? This caused chaos. But I have to tell you, this is what I think the problem is, and I think this is where you're going, and I'd like to hear your opinion on it. I don't think this is just about, you know, Sean Hannity and Glenn Beck or Jim Jordan. This is, once again, the arrogance of the party leadership in Washington that despises the American people, that think they know better than all of the people that live in their districts. They think they know better. And the people in their districts are saying, defend the Constitution of the United States. Stop spending so much money. These are not radical ideas. And they are just using this because they know the Washington Post and everybody else will whip everybody up into a frenzy and it will teach those those constitutionalists a, letter, a lesson. Don't call. Well, you know what? If that's what you want to teach, that's fine. Here's the lesson I'd like you to learn from this. Double your efforts to get these weasels out of office. I don't know if he can, but if there is a weak person, there's no excuse, no excuse in Texas to have weasels. None. In New York, I get it. Not in not in this not in this state, not in Utah, Idaho, Idaho, Wyoming, not in Montana. What are you doing? Get them out. Get them out. Yeah, and this is of course their way of trying to parlay all of this into an effort to hurt who they see as their enemies. And that those And it will work as well for them as it did for Lynn Cheney. Liz Cheney. Mm-hmm. Liz Cheney, whatever her name is. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, look, the people they see the as the enemy are are you, right? Not you, Glenn Beck, but you in the audience who listen to Glenn Beck, right? Like you're the enemy. You're you you're you're the problem to them. And this is something that they see as they can uh feed this stuff, leak it to the mainstream media. Of course they'll report it gleefully, and they will say, you know who's really the problem? It's these uh it's these talk show hosts and the people who listen to them doing all these terrible things and i mean frankly glenn you know look if because they're saying basically you know what now i'll never vote for joe jim jordan because he made people call my office and and let's just even never entertain it i know he never never he didn't ask us to do that no nope. we said that because we think it was important for people to be involved in the process of government i'm, I'm so sorry about that but look let's just say let's just entertain this this uh, world and let's just say a couple of people um did call and say nasty things to the secretary of one of these guys if that is your determining factor of who you're voting for for speaker of the house you should be out of congress immediately Wait, because some random person said something mean to you on the phone? You're going to change your vote for who's the Speaker of the House? You should be, you're pathetic if that is your position, and that's the one you're admitting to. You're admitting that I, well, I'll never vote for him now after I got that mean call from that lady in Iowa. I mean, how 
pathetic. How many times do you have to be? How many times have I just did it again today? And I don't want any names. Um, you know, I'm looking for examples. But I just wrote an email today. Somebody who has treated me like absolute garbage. Somebody who has, you know, done a lot to not necessarily sing the praises of me. And I just did it today. I wrote and said, hey, I will help you in any way possible. I have nothing to gain. I could play the game of I'm going to get you now. I don't. Why? A, it's childish. Mm -hmm. Second reason, we're in a crisis. We need to help everyone we can. I don't care if I have a personal problem with you over X, Y, or Z. What are you doing? Is it good? Will it help? Yes. Count me in. Grow up, Republicans. Grow up. Mike Lindell is a problem solver. Uh, if, you, if you've ever slept on a MyPillow, you know. You know. Um, take the towels. You know when you go in to buy a towel set in a store, they feel nice and soft until you get them home and you realize they don't really absorb anything. Mike has fixed that problem with my towels. Uh, they actually work. They're soft. They're very absorbent. And now my pillow is announcing two brand new lines of my towels for you to try. They're made with American ring spun cotton, which makes them absorbent and soft. Towels are great. Right now, you can get a six piece towel set for an amazing introductory sale price as as low as twenty nine ninety eight with the promo code back. You can get the designer premium line for just twenty dollars more. No matter what towel set you decide on, it's 50 percent in savings and the towels are great to find the offer. Just go to MyPillow.com, Click on the radio listener special square and uh, use the promo code back. Check out the new my towel six piece towel set. And get 50% in savings. Remember, enter the promo code BECK or call 800-966-3117. 800-966-3117. Get the special and many more now. MyPillow.com. Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. The Glenn Beck Program. pretty amazing how the cowardice uh and the the childness uh childlessness a uh, child childlike qualities i don't know what's wrong with me the last few days i'm sorry maybe i'm having a stroke or something or just thinking about a lot of chocolate pudding but uh i will tell you that uh it is it's remarkable how infantile our Republicans are, and they're never going to be able to get anything done. They'll never get anything done. We have to vote them out, or they have to vote us out. One of the two. But this is a house divided, and it it won't work this way because they're too they're they're just they're like seven year olds. Well, I'm not going to do it because he doesn't like it. I don't like him, so I'm not ridiculous. The Glenn Beck Program. All right. I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, um, Barrel Buddy. Retired Homeland Security Special Agent Bob Wallace said about uh, Barrel Buddy, quote, 
I have spent 40 years in law enforcement. First as a badge and gun federal agent, then as a private contractor. I've used just about every product on the market to clean my firearm. This is my favorite. The circular cleaning uh, within the bore cleans the grooves better than anything I've ever seen without the possibility of scratching the bore. It lives up to its claims, and it's worth every penny. Nothing like a happy customer, and they've got lots of them. If you try Barrel Buddy, you're going to be one of those people. Yeah, I mean, you could keep buying, you know, cut-up T-shirts. Or you could get something that's made up of polymers that doesn't leave behind any uh, residual particles at all. No mess. It cleans by scrubbing and collecting particulates throughout your gun's bore, then absorbs any remaining residue and buffs the interior surface clean. It is great. Find it now at BarrelBuddy.com. BarrelBuddy.com. Go there now. Take care of your guns. BarrelBuddy.com. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. I want to use reason, conscience, logic to talk about all the wonderful things that are happening in the world today. And I don't have a Venn diagram. Uh, so the vice, I love Venn diagrams. Uh, you know, <laughs> the vice president's not going to like this monologue. But uh, we'll get to that in 60 seconds. Right now, I have uh, Biff Bifferson on the phone who is... Who is, uh, of course, a guy who's mocked preppers for a very long time? Hi, Biff. How are you? Hi. How are you? Very good. Very good. You, uh, you don't, you don't believe in prepping and long-term food storage and things like that? No, I believe each individual bite should be manifested at the time of its uh, ingestion. You, I sorry, what? Each individual bite must be manifested at the time of so ingestion. You, so you don't make like when you make a meal, you don't make a big meal. Oh, absolutely not. I my meal prep. What I do is I make each bite individually as I require them during the day. Okay, what happens if uh, that sounds like a lot of work? Uh, what happens if you know that you you know you you can't get to the kitchen or you know maybe there's maybe there's some disruption in the supply line. Holy crap, I never thought of that. Oh, I don't know. Is there a way? God, the, oh, oh, my God. Yeah, that, that's, kind of what the, that's kind of what the whole prepper thing is. Oh, wow. I just thought they were just stupid rednecks. No. 
Wow. <laughs> All right. You heard it right here from Biff. You don't have to be a stupid uh, redneck. And right now you can get $200 off the regular price of an emergency food kit, 2,000 calories per day, easy to prepare. And uh, we're talking water, a little heat, and you got a meal ready to go. I mean, you know, it's in a full meal. It's not individual bites. Wait, can I come up with a way to have water, too? Uh <laughs> Yeah, water would be... I never thought of that. It just yeah. falls from the sky. Right. No. Uh, go to preparewithglenn.com. You can uh, even get your water filtration systems. Preparewithglenn.com. It's amazing how we get those people on the phone like that, just at the moment's notice. It really is amazing, isn't it? I want to talk to you uh, a little bit about everything that is going on. But I want to frame it with Israel and Hamas. I'd like to make an appeal for reason. Now, bear with me. In Israel, Joe Biden said, justice must be done. But I caution this. While you feel that rage, don't be consumed by it. Now, who's he talking to here? Israel? Israeli military? Benjamin Netanyahu? Who's he talking to? Justice must be done, but I caution this. While you feel that rage, don't be consumed by it. After 9-11, uh, I remember really singing loudly and turning it up, and we'll put a boot up your ass, uh, you know, every time that country song came on. God bless Toby Keith. That way we were enraged. He said, after 9-11, we were enraged in the United States. While we sought justice and got justice, we also made mistakes. Yeah, that, and I don't think that's because we were enraged. That's because we had idiots that were running things. But for the most part, I agree with good old Uncle Joe here wholeheartedly. He's right. And I want to be on the record saying in this case, he is right. It's critical that you recognize he's right on this. Important decisions should not be made on the basis of strong emotion. They should be made on the basis of reason and morality. It's not enough to feel. We must think, ideally, for ourselves. Now, I think this sounds a little funny coming from the political side, which flooded culture with the idea that really it's it's how you feel at any given time. And that's the most important thing in the world. Not just to you, but the whole world must accommodate how you feel. If you feel like a woman, well, then you are one. And we should all treat you like one and applaud you for feeling that way. And everyone must say you're the most beautiful, mannish looking woman they've ever seen. Never mind biology. That's not the science we met. If you feel oppressed, then you are, even if you're a millionaire paid to bounce a ball in America. And if anyone exposes you to uncomfortable thoughts or opinion, or let me, I wish I had a pair of pearls here I could clutch. They challenge the validity of your feelings. They're violent extremists and they must be depersoned right now. But let's forget all about that, because I'm sure Joe was considering all that when he said what he said, which is right. Fear, anger, even righteous rage. They all have their place. They help keep us alive uh, in a crisis, but they also get you killed if you don't balance everything. 
They cannot drive your decision-making process. That's why we have a conscience and we have reason. Need examples? Okay. COVID. Freak out, everybody. We're all going to die. Have you seen what they're doing in China? They're welding people into their homes. It's got to be horrible. What did we do? Well, I think we did the logical thing. We said, hey, let's cut off all the transportation right now from the rest of the world until we get a handle on what's going on. And then fear, 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 fear. You're killing your grandmother. You're killing your great, great grandmother. You may not even be born because somewhere Marty McFly is there with a picture of you not getting the covid vaccine. And you're currently disappearing off of that Polaroid. And so is your grandmother. What did fear make us do? How about the Patriot Act after 9-11? It was a wave of fear. The war, that was idiots. That was, that was, that was a hundred different political reasons. But the Patriot Act, that was a political thing that was waiting in the wings before 9-11 that nobody thought they could ever get past until fear how about calls for anti-Second Amendment legislation after every single mass shooting? Calls for legalized infanticide, powered by the fear of imaginary theocratic pro-lifers that are going to put us in a bonnet and a red dress. Too much of the time, emotion is manufactured and manipulated like it was yesterday on the, the mall of the Capitol. You know, right before the insurrection. This is what it means. Never let a crisis go to waste. A crisis allows you to manipulate people because they're afraid they're not thinking clearly. Just now, U.S. lawmakers are proposing regulating cryptocurrency because Hamas has been using it. Hamas? Hamas is bad, right? They might use it. They might use, they might use X as well. We've got to take away X from everybody. And the more freedom that goes away, and usually not even slowing the bad guys down, the more freedom you lose, the more ground they gain. Think of MS-13 or Hamas. Do you think they abide by gun laws? Now, there's plenty of fear in Israel today, I'm sure, and rage. But those are not the reasons Israel's in a war with Hamas. Israel is not seeking to lash out. Israel is hopefully planning coldly and rationally the best possible way to limit people who claim their whole reason for being is to kill every Jew. Now, why would they be planning this? Well, that's what reason demands. Because after the monsters get in and slaughter your children, after they rape your daughters and take them to Gaza to be tortured, you don't storm in unprepared into what Hamas has spent 20 years turning into a death trap. You don't do that. You don't start killing everything in sight, hoping that blood will satisfy blood, because blood never satisfies blood. But just as important... Just as important, you also do not allow yourself to go back to normal as soon as the emotion fades. That is also why God gave us a conscience and reason. The world saw the images. We felt the horror. 
We were with Israel for a time, and then the emotion starts to fade because we're goldfish. If we let that be the end, then evil will remain. Will not only remain, it will grow, and we will be responsible for that growth. This is why the fast food instant gratification culture is so dangerous. Again, we're goldfish. You may not hear me talk in the last few days about the economy or ESG and the Great Reset or Ukraine or what's being taught in our schools run by radical leftists under the thin mask of teachers unions. I'm not talking about the impeachment investigations or the, the hundreds of other topics that I am following and watching closely. I haven't forgotten them. I'm not a goldfish. You haven't either. We're keeping a close eye on all of it. But reason and conscience tells me this is a major spiritual test for the entire world. This will decide whether we are a force for good or a force for evil. Because this comes down of choosing life or choosing death. And with all the stories that are happening... What do I what do I do after I talk about it? OK, usually I. I rant, but when it comes down to it, I ask you to do very specific things. And sometimes uh, once today, I beg you, please. And everything I ask you usually revolves around the two P's. PP, as I like to call it, plan and prepare. Prepare for impact. What does that mean? Well, if you're at war with Hamas, you plan, you prepare, you arm yourself with information, and in their case, with guns, and then you, as an army, go out and go after the monsters. Because that's what reason and morality actually dictate. Plan and prepare, and then act. And if you don't, the monsters remain and get worse and they'll be back and it'll be worse again next time. And there'll be more and worse monsters until you either fight back or allow yourself to be extinguished. But that is the choice we are all facing in almost every aspect of our lives right now. Are we going to stand up and be morally clear that there is a good and evil and I still recognize one or hopefully both, but I only serve one. In Israel, the blood of the victims of Hamas screams out of the ground, screams their pain. But we should be hearing the screams of warning, one that reason and moral human beings must heed and act upon. That's why you go in and destroy Hamas. Not so we're even. That's what a third grader would do. That's why you are supposed to watch your borders. That's why you don't allow a surveillance state with total control. It's why you take porn out of the schools and keep everything away from the kids. It's not emotion. It's not hatred. It's cold, calculated reason. That's guided by a set of principles we used to find self-evident, guided by morality. It's these times, 
that God gave us reason and a moral sense. It's for these times. Animals have fear, but they don't have reason and moral sense. Evil has to be seen. It has to be named and opposed. Not for the past victims, but for future ones. Not for Jews or Israelis, but for all of us. Not for the dead children, but for the ones who are still living, who need us to take care of the monsters that we have allowed into our societies, into the very bedrooms we're supposed to keep them safe. Your pulpit this weekend should thunder the truth. Jewish, Christian, and even sane, moderate Muslim pulpits, if any can be found. I'm waiting. Thunder from the pulpit like they once thundered in America's past and like never before with fire and righteous anger, but with clear cutting light of divine truth and reason. They must thunder against evil. But also thunder for good, for life, for order, God's order, not our own. Man creates chaos. Every day I try to think, how can I inspire you to be a better person today than you were yesterday? And I don't know. I really don't. I don't know if you're sitting on the fence what you're waiting for. Whom do you fear? The media? Donors? People in power? A college professor? Your boss? Being unpopular, defunded, depersoned? The only fear worth holding on to is not the kind that makes you cower. It's the kind that makes you stand up and speak truth. Make demands of yourself and challenge those who are around you. The one fear that causes us to make the world more like heaven and less like hell is the fear of the Lord and a God Almighty. Fix reason firmly in her seat. And may God help us all. So on top of everything else that is, uh, you know, uh, weird uh, and going on the Israeli Hamas conflict stirring up oil prices surge isn't going to be a monetary blip uh, a momentary blip uh, global oil prices are shooting up raising concerns about the stability of the world's oil supply good news yesterday Joe Biden uh, took off all of the sanctions of Venezuela in exchange for oil so we got that going for us Here's a silver lining uh, in these turbulent times. Goldline is offering a ray of stability as the world spins out of control. Consider diversifying your investments. I'm not talking about all of them. If you have anything in retirement funds, please consider having maybe 10% in gold or silver or precious metals. This week, Goldline has a golden opportunity. Purchase a tube of one quarter ounce gold Mayflower rounds and you'll get a five pack of the popular two ounce silver Maple Flex bars for free. Don't wait for the storm to hit. Fortify your financial future now with Goldline. 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. 10 seconds, station ID. All right, everybody. We're excited for the news. We got a big speaker update. 
This one is a pretty big one, actually. Uh, Jim Jordan is not going to go for it anymore. Uh, no, will not go for a third ballot. Uh, he will back Patrick McHenry as interim speaker oh, until January. Uh, you know, I've been telling you since the beginning, I thought this was the most likely outcome of all of this. Um, they met this morning. He can't get to 217 votes. So what they're going to try to do is do this sort of temp thing until January and then work behind the scenes without the pressure of needing daily votes to try to push this through and find someone else. Jordan, I think, will still try for it for at least a while, but to try to find someone else who will do it permanently. You know, it's it's amazing uh, because I don't follow. I hate politics. I don't follow politics. Yeah. I, I avoid them as much as possible, as much as I can. And you're the guy who kind of watches all the political. It's job security for me, basically. Yeah, it, it basically yeah. is, <laughs> seeing that I do a political show. But mm. uh, I really don't. Um, but uh, do you hate it? When when I am right about things, as much as I hate it when you're right about things, because <laughs> oh, when you're because when you're right about things, I'm like, oh crap. He's always like, it's you know, let me tell you what's really uh, what the you know worst case scenario is, and this is probably what's going to happen. Mm. And I'm always I'm always like I'm so absolutely void of any hope in so many ways mm. but when you say this is probably what's going to happen i'm like no but it could be yeah it might be it almost never and is. it almost never yeah, is. yeah i know that's the easy way to do it is just think about what's the worst thing that could occur and usually that's going to be a high possibility of happening and not um, good for your health and to be clear this is not the worst thing that can possibly no, occur this no. this is look this is a, a couple weeks of chaos to get exactly what you had before at best so at, 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 at best, best because, because I don't think Jim Jordan, he hasn't made any friends. He's nope, made it's, more enemies. It's, it's been uh, made worse overall. Yeah. When he mm-hmm. goes in and says, hey, we need to do this, this and this. Is he going to get the support that he had with McCarthy? I don't know. Yeah. And and McHenry is essentially McCarthy. He's the basically the same, his closest ally, handpicked by McCarthy to do this job. So you go through all this trouble to get McCarthy thrown out, and then your best case scenario is exactly the same. It could still get considerably worse from that, and likely will, because they'll change rules. This is only temporary. Who knows what comes okay, after great. this. Okay, great. Vote him in, and now get to work on the budget. Yeah. Good I luck. I swear to you, if you come with a continuing resolution, I... Maybe that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to just leech us of all of our blood because blood will shoot out of my eyes. The Glenn Beck Program. Identity theft may sound complicated, but in some cases, all a thief needs to do to carry out a shopping scam in your name, mailing address, email address, phone number. With your details, they start an online store account. Then they add their own shopping information. Then when they purchase the items on that account, without your knowledge, uh, guess who gets to pay when the collection notices start? And guess who gets the stuff? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Doesn't work out for you, boo-boo. No, for me. Here's the thing, LifeLock. It helps keep that kind of stuff from happening to you. Now, nobody can stop all of it, but LifeLock by Norton is the best. So, save up to 25% off right now of your first year with the promo code BACK with LifeLock by Norton. I mean, don't get it. You be you, boo. I mean, do it. You know, I, I want to live on the edge. That's cool. Whatever. 
lifelock.com has saved my bacon and Tanya's bacon, uh, and you know how much I like bacon, several times. Lifelock.com, 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, lifelock.com, promo code BECK. And it's blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn, and there you'll save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. For the first time ever, Glenn TV is publishing video with captions in Hebrew uh, because I want um, Jews and Israelis all over the world who fear for their life to know that they are not alone. Um, I would ask that you would share last night's uh, show. You can find it on uh, probably on YouTube still. Um if you have a family member who finally, you know, you're like, why, wait, wait, why is there a Palestinian flag in your back pocket? Uh, you know, we, we talk about from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. You know, the chant of gas the Jews, gas the Jews. That one's not as subtle. Um, and we have historian Edwin Black on. He is amazing. And last night on the show, he said the universities are ground zero for genocide and hate. He uh, he details what's going on in our universities and what we must do. Um, and also we go into Hamas, Hezbollah, the IRGC. All of those are controlled by Iran. That is. You know, it's, it's so funny, uh, by the way, let me just finish this real quick. Just this is a defining moment in world history. Please share the video from last night. If you're a subscriber to The Blaze, you can get it now, blazetv.com. Share it with a friend and, um, and spread it. Um, I don't know if I've ever told the whole story on the air, and I'm not going to bore you with it now, but um, I know I've told, I think I have. I, I met a um, professor. He was a doctor of ideas. I didn't even know there was a doctorate of ideas. I love it. And if it didn't require me to go to university, I would, I would, well, I would become one anyway. Uh, I just don't know want to do all the work. You know what I mean? Anyway, um, this doctorate of ideas, he's from Cambridge. He was at Princeton and he takes things that are not necessarily linked together and goes, no, wait a minute. This belongs over here and this belongs over here. And I asked him uh, one time, I said, hey, if you give me 15 minutes, I, I'd love to run something by. I think I can show you uh, not only where this Jew hatred thing began, why the Jews are always under fire uh, and where it's going to originate next. And this was probably in 2011. Um, he said, I don't think you're going to be able to do that, but I'll give you 15 minutes. About an hour, hour and a half later. He uh, said, you should get your doctorate for that. And uh, it's a little disturbing because what I found was uh, how this thing works, why it works. I should go back and see if I can find any notes on this. But, um, but also where it's going to start next and where I said back then was Iran. Persia. It's going to come from Persia, Iran, and Iraq. Uh, and it's a little freaky to have that 
happening now. Because this is the turning point for America and you and the rest of the rest of the world. And we really have to pick a side now reasonably. And we have to start reading about heroes and people who have come before us who have done the right thing. I want to introduce you to Shayun Sugahara. Now I know you know the name Shayun Sugahara, uh, and you're probably like me talking about him all the time. You're like, oh, that Shayun Sugahara, what a great dude. But believe it or not, unfamiliar with many, many people. I know, hard to believe. But they're, while you don't know his name, he was a flicker of hope in the bleakest of times. He was a Japanese dip diplomat sta uh, stationed in Lithuania. Now, it's probably coming back to you now. Now they said Lithuania, right? Japanese diplomat. Yeah. Uh, this was during World War II. He was a devout Christian, which was unusual back then. And he found himself at the crossroads of duty and faith. I talk about this from time to time, losing your first citizenship to make sure you hold on to your second citizenship. Don't ever do that. Don't ever do that. There's one citizenship. You are a prince or a princess, king or queen, yet to be uh, to, to receive your titles, but you, you are from a royal family, the kingdom of heaven. That's your first citizenship. Second one is America, and I will do nothing to violate my first. So Nazism is, is spreading. Countless Jewish refugees fleeing to Lithuania. They don't have an escape route. They, they thronged the gates of various embassies, including Japan's. They needed a visa. The visa was life. No visa, death. But the Japanese Empire, cautious not to offend the German allies, had stringent conditions. Conditions that most of these desperate Jews did not meet. So here's where destiny takes a turn. Sugahara, standing at the crossroads, makes his choice. He's guided by his Christian faith and a deep sense of right and wrong and righteousness. He begins just issuing visas, day in, day out, writing tirelessly, ignoring meals and sleep many times. His wife actually sits with him and massages his hands because they keep cramping up because he has to handwrite all of these things. He didn't stop. He didn't waver. Days turn into weeks. Japanese government find out what he's doing unsanctioned mercy they order him stop immediately but sugahara is he's seeing the faces of these people he couldn't he goes even deeper underground now and hides it even more he goes against direct orders the noose tightens around his neck he has to leave lithuania as the train is pulling out of the station, he was seen flinging handfuls of visas out the window, hoping that they would find their way into the hands of the right people. 
Now, you'd think that his act of defiance, his act of faith would make him a hero. No, a lot of times people like this are not recognized in their own time. On returning to Japan, Sugihara was dismissed from the foreign service. He was left to live in obscurity. All of his deeds surrounded in silence. Decades passed. World moved on. Sugihara, now an older man in his house in the 1960s, here's a knock on his door. There was a man standing there, gratitude in his eyes. Sugihara didn't recognize him, but the man did. He was one of the Jews that Sugihara had saved, and he wasn't alone. Over time, many such knocks echoed through his house. Stories were shared. Families were introduced. Turns out, Sugihara's act of faith had saved 6,000 people. And the, def- the descendants of the survivors now number in the tens of thousands. He's known as the Japanese Schindler. Now, why would he risk everything? Why would he do this? His career... His family's safety. His answer was pretty profound. He said, they were human beings. They needed help. I'm a Christian. I had to help. In an era then where many people turned away. And in an era now where many people will turn away. They will not see the fear in the eyes of their Jewish friends. And Jewish people will stop wearing the Star of David out of fear. They will walk to synagogue in fear. I want you to choose today who you will be. Will you be a man or a woman that sits this one out, because you have too many other things to do? Or will you be guided by your faith? Choose compassion over compliance. Humanity over orders. Shayun Sugahara. He reminds us that sometimes, just doing the next right thing is the only option. Kim wrote in about her experience with Relief Factor. She says, I've been taking Relief Factor for a month now, and it is hard to believe, but my back pain is completely gone. When I first started seeing your ads for it, I thought, who'll ever believe that that would work? Well, I'm a full-fledged believer now. The product is a miracle for me. Thank you so much. Kim, thanks for writing in and giving Relief Factor a try. I know uh, that's exactly how I felt before I started taking it. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, and this is going to work. The three-week quick start, it's 1995. It's for people like me, skeptics. But it's also, as they say, million people have already tried this, million plus. 70% of them go on to order more month after month. So it doesn't work for everybody. And they're upfront about that. I like it. You'll know within three weeks. If it works, you get your life back. If it doesn't, yes, you're out 1995. But man, it's, it was worth it for me. 
Go to relieffactor.com or call 800 the number 4 relief. 800 the number 4 relief. relieffactor.com. relieffactor.com. Relief Factor, feel the difference. Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. The Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck Program. So, don't think this is going to be in Donald Trump's favor. Uh, Sidney Powell has just made a plea deal in the Georgia election case. Now, if you believe in, you know, in the theory that this was just a big conspiracy that they all knew, yada, 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 she would be one of the main instigators because she would be the one that Donald Trump was listening to. Yeah, maybe outside mm-hmm. of Giuliani, be the person yeah. you probably want the most if you're Correct. if you're the prosecutors. In this Correct. Case. Mm-hmm. Now you know they put the people who followed these people into uh, prison for you know up to twenty two years. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's, she's just the ma- central one of the central people. Of this plot, yeah, right. Like no, the, she. I mean, without in, in her, words. it may not have happened. Right. So right. you think probably going to be more than twenty two years? Yeah, she made a plea deal mm-hmm. and. Uh, she got six months, six years, six years, oh, six years, sorry, mm-hmm. six years of probation. Mm. Now, <laughs> so no jail time. Now, None. we should also note she was fined six thousand dollars and agreed to pay twenty seven hundred dollars in restitution oh, to the state of Georgia. Gosh, so they really crazy. nailed her. Okay. But what did she tell them for them to make that deal? Or what was she willing to say? For that deal. She is claiming she will cooperate with prosecutors. Oh, I'm sure she will. Uh, so Yeah, you got, you got probation. Hmm. Huh. Don't think that's going to work out well. Now, luckily, she has absolutely no credibility. Yeah, that's true. And, and, and I th- my guess is this works out the same way Michael Cohen worked out, which Cohen was willing to say everything that Trump ever told him and all the bad things, but he had so, no credibility whatsoever. He was a guy that everyone knew lied for a living. So even when he came out and said all these bad things about Trump, pretty much people just she shrugged their shoulders. She had credibility. It was the weirdest. It was the Disney of people. Mm. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, she was. She a, had she had some decent credibility. I was a relatively respected conservative, yeah. le- uh, uh, legal mind. And then all point. of a sudden, it was like, Pfft. yeah. And it really went away pretty fast. Uh, the Kraken has not been released, uh, as far as we know, uh, from this particular situation. And I think like... You she, mean Donald Trump hasn't talked about it yet? <laughs> I, I, she was... Remember, she was promising every day, we're going to release the Kraken oh, tomorrow. Oh, yeah, that's right. Tomorrow, yeah, yeah, yeah. we had her on the air at one point. And we're like, when are you going to give any like we had evidence? Her on, of- we had her on once, and I said, okay, great. I've heard this all before. When you have the evidence, call us, and you come back on. But... You know, yeah, don't uh, don't like, don't come on and tell me you have evidence and then not share it. I need to see the evidence. And another thing, produce we, it. We, another thing we said was, "Hey, you do realize the legal deadline for this is December fourteenth. Will yeah. you have this by then? Oh, yes, we'll definitely have it by then. We'll have it by Monday. Yeah, it was always we'll have it by Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was. They, a, she honestly, she could be uh, a contractor for a house. She could be <laughs> two more oh, weeks. No, no, two more weeks. We'll have that done <laughs> in two about, more weeks. And whether you believe something happened during the election or not, she was a uh, a damaging voice for that case. Even if you believe it was yeah. true, she came out and, and threw everything at the wall. And I don't know if it was because she wanted 
influence or you know legal fees or she really you know, believed it i mean she's honestly now participating uh, in the prosecution i, I guess, mean so. think about this you're looking at 20 years in prison and they'll give you parole if you just go yeah bad dude yeah yeah no he knew he knew um that's pretty hard to pass up well, it's you true. Know, you would spend the rest of your life in jail. But this is why this one's particularly interesting. Because you're you're some guy, you listen to Donald Trump say something, you take it some way that he doesn't actually, I mean, whatever. Uh, he says peacefully, you go in there violently, I don't know why you yeah. do that, but you do that, and you actually commit some crimes in there, they want to put you away for 20 years. Some of those people did come out and say, you know what, Donald Trump said these things, and I believed him, and I thought we were supposed to do it, and he he lied to us. Some of them did try that a, a defense, and you know what the government said? Screw off. You're going to jail for two decades. Right. With this, they it's have, she's much more at the top of the pyramid of this thing. Mm-hmm. In theory, much more important. Hmm. And the difference is, a guy who just walked into the Capitol can't hurt Donald Trump nope, in their has mind. No credibility. Sidney Powell in their mind can hurt Donald Trump, and that's why she gets six months of probation. It'd be interesting to see what Giuliani does. Mm-hmm. And just to, you know, to, I hate to beat a dead horse on this, but this is why Donald Trump should have taken care of all of these people and paid for their attorneys. 100%. They didn't have the money to fight this. You've got to stand by them if you expect them to stand by you. But we'll see if there's any justice in any of this.